I think we'll be fine. I'm so worried about this not working. Well, we'll find out. It'll, it'll, we'll make it work. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. You waited until I pressed record to fucking do that grossness. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, 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 a, I'm a boy living in the 20th century. I thought that was loud. No, you're not. Can you cancel me for that, bro? <laughs> First of all, you're, you're, living in, you're living in San Francisco. I'm not. I'm just here volunteering. I'm helping out the cat. Helping out that little guy. Um, but let me see. I guess what, I'm leaving. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? All right, cool. Because I was like, for some reason, X wasn't popping up on... Um... Yeah, okay. All right, so... Today, yeah. you went, you're, you're supposed to go to uh, you're supposed to go to IMDb X, not X videos. I, I know you got those confused. <laughs> hey man, search history, you know, it, it goes hand in hand. I'm not gonna, you, I'm not gonna. I understand you, better. You type in the word X, and then your Google's like, I, I got it from here. I know, I know where we're going. <laughs> it's already eleven. All right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Google's looking at your clock like. Uh, <laughs> like it knows me eleven forty five on a Thursday. He typed in the letter X. I got this. I know we're, where we're going. I know we're, where we're going. We're running this hot. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about uh, X. Let's, let's talk about, about X. Let's talk about Ty West's film X, distributed yes. by A twenty four. Currently in the theaters. I think it debuted at South by Southwest. I was not there for the debut. Yeah, um, even though I am an Austin resident, I should have been because it is, I'm going to, we're going to go right off the bat. I'm going to say it's awesome. I'm going to say it's amazing. This entire, I agree. This entire video is from the perspective, this video, that this movie is awesome. You should absolutely go watch it. We're going to do our reviews at the end. We're in, I recommend it. Steve's going to give it a number score, one to 10, but don't even fucking wait for that. It's great. Go, go watch, watch it. Fun, I go, it's couldn't a fun recommend movie. it high it's enough. A fun movie. Um, yeah, let's do a little bit of before we get into like spoilery type shit. Let's, Steve. Let me hear you do a little bit of plot synopsis, please. Uh, um, it's it's a film. It's I guess it's a uh, strippers, correct, and a film crew. And the whole point of this is that they're gonna film a dirty movie. On this ranch in Texas, uh, the people in charge of the ranch are creepy as fuck. There we go. There we go. That's yeah, that's exactly right. Is, that, is it there, better? <laughs> no, that's no. That's a great synopsis. Um, we can we we realize at the beginning that they're strippers. Either way, they're they're all presumptive or um, uh, yeah, presumptive porn stars. They um, they rent. The back, they rent the back house on some farm outside of Houston. You know, all these folks that work at a Houston strip club, they're and well, strippers plus a plus a cameraman plus his girlfriend. Everybody else is the boom mic operator. Yeah, cameraman and the boom mic operator, boyfriend girlfriend combo. Everyone else is either a stripper or um that main guy who's. The producer, yes, who is Mia Goth's boyfriend, actress Mia Goth, playing. Uh, I don't even remember the her character's name. Maxine. But Maxine. I think really, it was it, her name Maxine. was Maxine. Maxine and Pearl. Pearl. Well, I know she plays Pearl. Pearl being the old woman uh, who lives on the farm, but she also plays. I didn't realize her name was Maxine. Yeah, Maxine. Uh, Maxine. Maxine. Great song by Cosmo Jarvis. Check it out. Look, go to go to let's go go to Spotify and look up "Let's Get Trashed" the playlist. Okay, because I'm creating a Spotify no, playlist. No, don't do that. This is more bullshit. Like, like that? Good. Yeah, I know. More no. shit. For, more shit for me to do. But anyway, Maxine by Cosmo Jarvis is a great song. Um, I did not realize that was Mia Goth's uh, name. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're filming. Like Steve said, they're filming pornography. The owners of the property, despite renting this room to them for the evening, uh, turns out they have quite a problem with what's going on, and they they do. Yeah, they, they, do. they get into it. So, from this point on, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to see fucking sp- the word spoilers everywhere. 
if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or maybe even Spotify, I'm going to try to figure out how to put this on Spotify because why not? Um, Then look in the description and I will tell you to skip from right now until later on where we'll stop spoiling if that even happens. But you should go see this movie and let's talk about it. All right, Steve, we're in spoilers. What goes on? All right, so okay, f- first of all, I guess the first half of this movie, it's dude, it's actually a pretty fast-paced movie if you think about it. Like, there's no real slow or like, there's no nothing that drags out. It's all pretty consistent. There's nothing that's fucking weird or anything like that. I mean, there's some weird shit, but it's just like movie, movie overall. The pace is amazing. Um, the beginning, Excellent pacing. I like, yeah, I like the beginning. I like the the interaction with everyone. Like everyone's starting to learn who they're working with and. The I guess the use of cameras like the, I think there's I believe what's her name Bobby Lynn or Brittany Snow's character says yeah Bobby Lynn okay, uh, when I believe it's Kid Cudi's holding the um, the gas pump nozzle uh-huh. she's like get that low angle so it looks like it's his cock or something like that it's so fucking funny I was like yeah. that's so good because he, <laughs> he was just rocking it all hard shit. those little moments I was like this is a fun movie like this it is did a, it did an exceptional job of setting up all our characters. Yeah, from from the be- from the beginning, uh, it very very clearly shows us that uh, Mia Goth, Mia Goth is a stripper with big dreams. We immediately know we immediately know that what's his name? I don't even remember the uh, the I don't remember the man uh, Wayne. I don't remember the actor's name, but his character's name was Wayne. Martin uh, Henderson. What's that? Martin Henderson. Is Martin Henderson. Martin Henderson. He's kind of the sleazy video producer guy. Yeah. Um, anybody familiar with Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, Boogie Nights knows exactly the character archetype that uh, that we're discussing. Yeah. Um, uh, Brittany Snow. She's the she's the blonde. She's she's supposedly the dumb blonde, but they give us right off the bat, like what Steve just described, they give us that little moment of she's not just some she's not just some dumb blonde like boring stereotype character. She's not this shallow. Right off the bat, they give us a little thing of her having a good idea cinematically. She has a good cinematic idea regarding how Kid Cudi should. How, how Kid Cudi should hold the gas can or a gas nozzle and how um, the cameraman should film it. It's not a big deal, but it's just enough to let us know that, oh, she's not a one-dimensional, dumb, yeah, blonde character. She's yeah. a real human being. Yeah. And even though she's kind of silly, you can th- maybe think of her as the silly bimbo. You don't have yeah. to. She's... She, she carries it really well. Yeah. She carries herself really well. And yeah, like, she she's a hu- she's a real human being. She's a she feels like a real person. Yeah. She it's it's she's thought out enough to be considered like a major part of this film, which I think is right. She's not yeah. a she's again she's not the throwaway yeah dumb like bimbo in there yeah, yeah. character that we have to have. She's a real person. It feels yeah. real. Um, same thing with the, you know, they start off talking about, uh, I don't remember the actress's name. I have it, I thought I had it written somewhere. Uh, uh, Jenna, or- Jenna Ortega? Or- yeah, Jenna Ortega. Let me write this yeah. shit down so I don't have to keep re-referencing. Jenna or So, uh, it starts off, Jenna Ortega, um, the who's the boom mic operator. She's the cameraman's girlfriend. She's obviously the timid one. The other girls are talking about her behind her back like she doesn't say anything. She's weird. She's quiet. But Brittany Snow talks to her, asks her a direct question. Hey, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing right now? And, uh, you know, what's and, – and she answers her. Uh, mm-hmm. Ortega answers her like – so she's not some – Again, she's she's not some weird mute. She's a real human being. She might yeah. be quiet and shy, reserved, yeah, reserved, and, and certainly unsure about this whole venture that they're on. But yeah, she's she, but she's not she's not some like she's not some caricature cartoon character that like yeah. oh she never oh she's the one that never speaks. Yeah, uh, yeah. she actually spoke, it, and then she like yeah, was asking you, questions. She there was general curiosity. If you speak to her directly. 
she yeah. will answer you just yeah. like any yeah. shy person yeah uh, again it's it was not that's what I that's what I love about movies that's what I love about this movie and anything that's well made is that I love characters characters are the best part of any story obviously because they're the only driving force of any story and well thought out characters that make sense and behave in a way that is um, consistent Normal. with their yeah. c- consistent with their personality is it's all I ask and I feel like I'm not asking that much except <laughs> I constantly see movies where I've been disappointed a million times <laughs> what the fuck is going on and why are you acting like this yeah, yeah. What part of your background makes you act like this? But I didn't. I would not say that one time in this movie. Yeah, that's good. Um, Jenna Ortega was great. Brittany Snow was great. Uh, Mia Goth was awesome. Kid Cudi, who again I'd never. Well, actually, that's not true. I saw him. I looked through his entire IMDb because I was like, I've heard. I, I, I knew him before I watched this movie. I didn't even know it was Kid Cudi in this movie. Mm. I, when I found out that that was Kid Cudi, I, I went through my mental Rolodex and I realized, oh, he's DJ Cello in Don't yeah. Look Up. Yeah. Famously, Don't Look Up, which is famously uh, 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 cataloged in Let's Get Trashed Episode 1. So go back, go back to Let's Get Trashed Episode 1. You can hear us talk about Kid Cudi as DJ Cello. But those I I looked through his IMDb. Other than let's get other than let's get trashed. Other than sorry, don't look up. Adam McKay's don't look up. Other than that, I didn't recognize him from anything except for he played a very small part in season three of Westworld. He was he was Aaron Paul's friend that we only see in flashbacks and gets murdered. Yeah. Um, it's part of what leads Aaron. It leads Aaron Paul's character on his arc in season three. So he's a flashback in the worst episode of in the worst season of Westworld. Yeah. So uh, we're not talking about Westworld. We're talking about X. So let's, I know. Let's stay on the track. We're talking about Kid, we're talking about Kid Cudi, who is sure, sure. an who is a star and yeah. was incredible in this movie. Yeah. I liked him a lot. I actually enjoyed everything he did in this movie. I think the yeah. the funniest part was when he was just searching for the old man in the water. And I was like, man, this sucks. This is like, I would not be in that fucking water, you know? But also just his character was pretty, like, pretty pretty chill guy. Always enjoying himself. It was, it was a fun time seeing him just be himself. Like, not be himself, but just act the way he was acting. And it was really good. It was fantastic acting by, by all of these... All of these actors we mentioned, it's compl- it's so well acted, um, and so anyway, now that we're in spoilers, obviously we get to they they get to this farmhouse outside of Houston. Uh, Wayne, who what was that actor's name? You have that up. Wayne uh, was Martin Henderson. Martin Henderson, he has made a deal with the owners of the house. To rent there, they have some barn in the back, you know, with some barracks or whatever. From the Civil War. Yeah, and he has made arrangements to rent that. They're going to film on location, um, and hopefully the owners of the of the farm will just stay out of their business. The man, what's the what's the husband's name? Okay, I believe it's Howard, but I don't know if that's. I think it's Howard. Yeah, it's Howard. Yeah, what's the actor's name? That plays uh, his name is Stephen Yuri. Stephen what? U R E. Okay, so Stephen Yuri play, play He does play Howard. That was the correct. That was the name. I do remember that because my dad. That's my dad's name. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, I was like, that's that's funny. <laughs> um, anyway, Stephen Yuri is the farm owner. Yes. He he's he just says you can you guys can use this barracks in the back, but. Stay away from my wife, cause she gets upset around folks, and they're like, everyone's like, yeah, that's totally fine. We don't want to talk to your wife. This has nothing to do, you know. That's a weird stipulation that you would put on this, cause none of us even care at all. Uh, and then it's all. I mean, it's it's fucking awesome. So what happens is they film 
a lot of sex scenes. There's a lot of amazingly built tension. As we get to as we get to the uh, the apex of the movie, climax of the movie, wherein the wife starts going crazy and killing no, the people, killing wants, the film crew. She just crew. wants sex, man. She just wants to get laid. That's all she wants. That's this is a story about a woman. I believe what was her name again? Her name is Pearl. Pearl, Pearl has not gotten anything in a long time, man, because. Fucking old ass Howard can't. He like, could have a heart attack, man, and make love to her, and he die die on top of her. That was the threat. That was the issue, man. Our, I felt so bad for Pearl. Our, that you know what? That's interesting. You say that. Our villain, Pearl and Howard, uh, but specific, it's driven by Pearl. Yeah, hundred percent. The the <laughs> the wife the wife of the farm owner, played by also played by Mia Goth. Mia Goth is doing double duty in this film. Excellently. Yeah. Although we'll talk about it in a little bit if it's no, necessary. Cool. But okay. Pearl is desperately missing her youth. <laughs> and that is the driving force of the villainy in this film. Is that yeah. she misses her youth. And when she sees young people... She sees Pearl. She sees Pearl. She's like, man, Pearl's body... No, no, no. She is Pearl. No, I'm sorry, sorry. So she sees Maxine's, Maxine's body, and she's like, damn, I wish... I remember when I looked like that. Yeah, that's the thing. So, old Mia Goth, Pearl, she sees young people doing young people things, and she can't handle it. She's not aging gracefully, folks, okay? <laughs> she's, she's at least 102, man. She's having a rough go of it. She's got fucked up... Her fucked up hair. Fucked up everything, man. There's nothing good about this woman. She's on her way out. There's yeah. no way nicely. Um, bad. And 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 furthermore, not even just that she's looking bad. She looks like an old lady, but she's emotionally she's so upset that that she can't have youth anymore. She's. I I'm very pleased that this movie didn't turn supernatural at all. Yeah, me too. I, I was, For a second, I thought it was. I thought it was going to be either yeah. ghost type shit or, um, uh, you know, stealing your essence, vampire-y type of thing. It never turned supernatural. I kept waiting for that. It didn't. It was. It was great. Yeah. It stayed, stayed true. Stayed it, true. It stayed realistic. Yeah, She's okay. just a crazy woman. She. She kills young men, and she wants young women to love her. She's Hillary Clinton is the bad guy in this film. Okay, it's fucked up. That's what. <laughs> but so, I understand it. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it, and it's so interesting. And what's so funny is I kept thinking watching it with she has that super frizzy hair. So yeah. she looks, she looks like a cross between Hillary Clinton and Yahoo Serious. <laughs> Yahoo Serious, what the fuck? All right, on screen is a picture of Yahoo Serious right now, and so watch this on YouTube to know to see that I'm a hundred percent right. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can, I can see that. Uh, yeah, so it's Hillary and Yahoo Serious. Um, anyway, but that's her. That's the whole impetus of the movie is that this old woman so desperately misses her youth she's willing to kill for it kill strangers <laughs> that that are throwing their youth in her face so she thinks yeah. um and it's fucking it's great man it it it's it gave me like fucking it gave me Texas Chainsaw Massacre the original feel like that that like nostalgia factor that was that helped me a lot and then also the it was based in Texas like it felt really I felt really comfortable with this film, and I actually enjoyed it a lot because of those reasons. But man, the fucking the storytelling and also the visual, the fucking practical effects, man, were fucking so well done, dude. Like there was so much fun that was had in this film yeah. that I haven't seen in many films in a long time. This was like a Tarantino film. This was like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Tarantino had a baby. This is what it would be because it, it like it was that amount of fun and cool and like crazy shit was going on that it was 
I enjoyed it. The stabbing scenes, like when he, she was getting rid of, I believe it was RJ Owen Campbell. She was just going to town. He, she cut off his whole, his, almost his whole head with whatever, I believe it was a fucking nut, the knife. Yeah, she just went to town on it. It was crazy. Like just seeing that shit, those practical effects in use. I was like, this ne- this head, his head's almost gone. Like his, it's completely severed. This shit's insane. Yeah. The fucking, the barn scene with the fucking spoke, or the not spoke, but the fucking uh, trowel, is it a trowel? Or what the fuck is it called? Uh, a pitchfork. Pitchfork, there we are, sorry. A pitchfork, through the fucking eyes. That was, it's like clever little ways of killing that yeah. like, I haven't seen in a long time that were like really enjoyable. Killing, um, killing Martin Henderson, so he, that was a great scene of, he's, he's, in the dark, he's looking for something. He's looking through a, a knot hole, a, a hole in the wood. Yeah. And then the pitchfork comes through and stabs him in the eye. This Now, this thing happened a lot in this film, and but this was my favorite moment of it. This, this, this moment made me realize this editing thing, but what would happen a lot in this film is whenever they ma- were making scene transitions, they mm. would do... Th- three cuts back and forth so let's say we're we're at the we're at the convenience store we're on the road we're let's see we're you know we're leaving the convenience store and then we're driving on the road those are the two scenes that are happening next to each other yeah they would go from they would go from convenience store to road and then it would be half a second of convenience store half a second of road half a second of convenience store half a second of and then we're back on the road permanently and it was just this back and forth thing, almost like we're stitching these two scenes together, yeah. uh, as if as if there's a you know a needle and thread going back and forth, and we're seeing a little bit of this, and we're back to this, and we're seeing a little bit of this, and we're back to this. Yeah. That that happened. That that was a uh, just an editing choice that they made. Yeah. That I thought was, I mean, it was beautiful. It was really it was interesting. Different. It was yeah. different. Yeah, I haven't it seen was, that in a while. Was, like anything was, like that in a while. It was interesting. I feel like exactly. There is some films like that, but yeah, it just was. It added a, it added a really complex air to to the, that, the atmosphere it, of it. it. Yeah, it also helped storytelling for each character, because in those moments we're seeing each character do something or talk, and they're like, "Oh, okay, you're learning more about them in little snippets," you know? Yeah. And I think that was really cool because like we learned about like fucking Rennie Stowe's character and then Jenna Ortega's character in those moments, I believe, and then. Well, like, no, not not in what I'm talking about. I'm talking about literally these just, are half just, second scenes. Okay, it was oh. just very weird. It was boom, bing, boom, bing, boom, and then we're back in the yes. next thing. It was oh. it was just a weird little thing, but it's it, it it's enough to jar you as you're watching it. You see this, and it kind of it kind of shakes you, and it it unsettles you because it's not a smooth transition. The, he, uh, Ty West purposefully, and whoever whoever the editor is, purposefully made made it so that these transitions are not smooth they're you're not supposed to feel comfortable as we go from scene to scene you're supposed to feel disoriented as we go from scene to scene um even before we get to the actual disorienting shit of a hundred year old woman licking and murdering a 19 year old girl uh well you know you're you're feeling on edge well before we get to that point um and then they did that when they did that triple cut thing they did that as Martin Henderson's character gets stabbed in the eye. It cuts back to Jenna Ortega trapped in the cellar. Yeah. And it, it, it does it a little bit. And then, and then you get a second, you get like five seconds with Jenna Ortega. She resigns herself to being like, Oh my God, the door's locked. I'm trapped down here. Yeah. And just as she resigns herself, it cuts back to, uh, Henderson with a thing in his eye screaming as he's about to, as he dies yeah. so just we thought you you think it's gonna cut away like most horror movies or slasher movies whatever you want to call it somebody gets killed and then the camera cuts away yeah. and you're like oh that character that character's dead it's mostly an off-camera death yeah we have that with him and the pitchfork it goes to her being trapped in the cellar and then it go it it jars you by taking you back to oh no you actually are gonna see this guy die, yeah. yeah. And then it's we're like, gonna go away again. Yeah, you yeah. Thought, like, you thought you thought you was you thought you got out of it. I thought I was like oh good I don't have to see any more of this gore of him yeah. getting obliterated by this pitchfork. 
okay, we're back to a, a Jenna Ortega scene. Like, I don't have to see that anymore. And then they yeah. bring it back and like, oh, shit, I, I thought I was done <laughs> with this. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, was, that was done really well. Also, man, some of the, like, shots, like, I think I appreciated there was, like, that over, over like, hang shot of the fucking crocodile slowly going towards her. And that was a little drawing because you're like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, the whole time I was like, Jesus Christ, this is gonna this is gonna happen right now. And then like it didn't. But they yeah. did that so well that like you could easily believe that it was gonna happen. The, and it also set up sets up that character or that I guess that uh that evil doer fuck. Yeah. That evil else. yeah. That um well I don't know if it was alligator or crocodile. I don't know I don't know the difference. I also you know what? Here's this this is the let's get trashed uh zoology <laughs> corner. <laughs> Zoologist. I'm gonna say fucking confidently, I don't think there's a difference between alligators and crocodiles. I think I, there is. I, I think motherfucking I think science is lying if there's science is lying to us, okay? One scientist named it an alligator, another scientist named it a crocodile, and we're just supposed to fucking believe these guys. Because they won't admit the the second guy won't admit that he just rediscovered the first guy's shit. Alright? <laughs> That's what he's like. No, this is different. It's like, no, it's not different. I'm pretty sure it's an alligator. It's like, no, it's different. I'm calling it a crocodile. All right. I drew all this research already, bro. We got yeah, no, I already wrote this. Yeah. It's the same way. I don't remember what comic has that joke. Maybe Brian Regan has a joke about the, the male seahorse. It's like the male seahorse is the one that has the babies. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, the, the, the premise of the joke is like, science, scientists ne just never admit that they're wrong. Because he's like, he's like, here's a here's a seahorse. This is this is a male seahorse, and then someone's like, uh, that seahorse is having babies right now. And the scientist looks around like, yeah, the male seahorse has the babies. Like, he just won't. Yeah, he won't be like, oh shit, obviously I was wrong. It's a girl. He just won't say that. And so he has to he has to change the entire fabric of what we know about. That kind of shit. Anyway, I, I think about same that kind of thing. Kind of, that's just, that's, that's, that's what I believe about alligators and crocodiles. Oh, is that they're the fine. same. Um, and please, please comment and let me know that I'm right. If you're listening <laughs> or watching like, to this. fucking wrong. Uh, oh, man. Um, but yeah, those, those scenes, there's but, some really well done shots in that shit. And like, I yeah. enjoyed those fucking little moments where you're like, you don't know what's going to happen. And it keeps you fucking entertain as the viewer you know like you're just like what yeah. is gonna happen fuck there is and like like you mentioned as far regarding the the alligator crocodile whatever it is um uh same thing there <laughs> the uh the premise the idea of Chekhov's gun are you familiar with Chekhov's gun don't know what you're talking about it's a literary uh trope literary premise uh yeah. Chekhov's gun is if you see a gun, if, if, if a gun is presented as part of a play in the first act, part of any screenplay or whatever. Probably see in the second act. Well, it has to go off at some point. Oh, shit. Okay. The, if, if, if you see a gun in the first act, it has to go off at some point during the show. Chekhov's gun means this has this has to pay off. Okay. Obviously, it doesn't always literally have to be a gun. Yeah. It can be something else. But, but the gun, whatever this potentially – yeah, whatever this potentially explosive device is, yeah. plot device has to pay off. Um, in this case, in addition to some metaphorical Chekhov's gun, like an alligator, yeah, yeah we also one. we also have literal Chekhov's guns, wherein we have several guns that are shown to us early on, and then they. Yeah. But that's what's great about it is that everything, everything pays off the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Every every gun that's supposed to go off goes off, yeah. except for one of them, which doesn't go off, and that causes a that 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 causes a problem in the context of the story. So again, that that still it still satisfies the condition of like yeah, yeah. what it we still what serves we a want purpose as yeah. being a gun and just failing. At yeah. being a gun, but still fucks it up enough to like know that you yeah every. Exactly. Everything pays off, but not not when or where you expect it to pay off. The alligator, yeah. the alligator pays off in a big way, <laughs> but not. We think it's going to pay off right off the bat. Yeah, because it's chasing Mia Goth early yeah. on. Mia Goth doesn't even notice it. 
building all this tension, and then she just gets out, and it's like she didn't even know she was about to get killed by an alligator. Yeah. And then, but but we know there's an alligator in this water. Yeah, it and gives then, us. Yeah, and the next time our characters, yeah, next time our characters head towards the water, guess what, folks? Alligator time. It's <laughs> it's gator time. It's, it's gator. gator time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Exactly. So, um, I mean, it, it was just awesome. It was so well done, very well written, for the most part. Um, even the stuff that's like, even the stuff that's funny. You know, a uh, Wayne uh, Martin Henderson, after like after they filmed the first pornography scene, he's talking to the cameraman. <laughs> I, I wrote this down because it made me laugh. He's like, "We're gonna be rich. Feel how hard my cock is." And he takes the guy's <laughs> hand and it? sticks it on his dick. It. He's like, "That's the metric of how successful so this this pornography good. is gonna be." I started laughing so hard, man. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm gonna watch this with like a bunch. Of, like, there's a bunch of people in the theater, okay. and everyone enjoyed this movie like I thought they should because I enjoyed it that way, and I was cracking up at these moments. I know other people that went to go see this movie and they did not have the same experience. I was like, that's so fucking depressing. Because it takes a certain type of person to understand this type of humor. And the fact that people were laughing and enjoying it in my theater made me so much happier. Yeah. yeah it was very funny. I mean, th that's one of the funniest scenes. The other one is Kid Cudi's, uh, Kid Cudi's dick silhouette when he, like, he opens the door in the middle of the night as, uh, as Howard Robert Urie, the old man, is like... Looking for his wife. Uh, yeah, looking for his wife. He opens the door. He's naked, and you could. You, they show the silhouette. It is so. It's so funny that they made. You know, uh, they just show the silhouette of his of his genitals, dick. and it's, it's you can hilarious. Say dick. I'm pretty sure you can say dick. I mean, I, mean, I can say whatever I want. It's fucking. Well, you, you can. Know. Well, the only thing. Yeah. The only thing you can't say is that the. You, the only thing you can't say is that the vaccines don't work, but we're not saying that. <laughs> that's the only thing. You, that's the only thing that would get you kicked off YouTube, which is where we are. But we're not saying that. Uh, uh, you can say anything you want about uh, dicks and the f word and all kinds of cursing. That's fine. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, and then, so yeah, after that scene, that's when that's when that gives that takes us to the one line in the film that I thought was not that organic, which is Kid Cudi and. Uh, Robert Urie, so you know our our, our Stephen Urie, Stephen Urie, sorry, our porn star and our old man farmer are searching the property looking for his wife, and um, <clears throat> Kid Cudi starts he starts talking a lot about being a Marine who was in Vietnam. Yeah, and it just seems very forced because the guy's like, "Hey, can you help me look over there?" And Kid Cudi's like. I was a Marine in Vietnam. Of course I can look over there. And it's like, uh, you want to take this flashlight? He was like, I was a Vietnam Marine. Obviously I'd like the flashlight. Thank you. Like, it's just <laughs> those lines. I, I, get rah, what I get what they're trying to do. He was, yeah. he was trying to ingratiate himself. You know, Kid Cudi's for our listeners that don't know, Kid Cudi is black and the character is black. And he's trying to ingratiate himself to an obviously Psycho, racist. racist, older white, you know, old white <laughs> farmer outside of Houston in fucking whatever county, um, Harris County. I don't know, but he's so he, he's trying he's he's trying to he's trying to ingratiate himself to this guy by mentioning that he was a marine and was like you know pointing out that we both you know the older guy the older guy didn't have a choice but to serve his country because he was drafted, um, of course, and then Kid Cudi volunteered to go to Vietnam. Um, but anyway, they're trying to like, he's, he's trying to be like, yeah, you know, I can don't relate. be, don't be racist to me. Yeah. We're fellow brothers, we're brothers in the military service, which goes <laughs> not as far as you think, Kid Cudi. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to tell you late, this late in the game, but that, that's not the bond that, that holds, holds less together. water, uh, <laughs> Believe it or not, oh. the idea the idea of fighting for America doesn't bring us all together as much as you thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. You know, but anyway, those some of those lines felt kind of felt kind of forced and felt weirdly recorded, weirdly staged. I don't know. Um, but what, hey, what, did, what, what didn't you like about this movie? 
That's literally the only thing I have is that That's those – that the only thing I have is that three sentences that Kid oh, Cudi said felt forced. Uh, which is not even this is not even that big of a deal yeah i'm scraping the bottom of the bottom of the barrel trying to find anything to complain about with this movie because i loved it so much even even what's kind of cheesy is like the music choices the two big the two big licenses they did uh for for music there's a scene where Kid Cudi plays guitar and Britney Snow sings Landslide by Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks. Um, they're, they're doing that in the living room as they're all hanging out. This is right before this is right before our boom mic operator abandons her post and decides to start fucking on-screen talent. <laughs> and then everybody acts like it's totally cool and yeah. her boyfriend the cameraman doesn't even get to complain at all yeah. you, get voted uh, out, man. you know if you're in that situation you get voted out you're voted out man it's a simple you're gonna make I, the scene i don't know I've, i haven't i've been you know steve i know you live in, I've been in, that situation. I know you live in california <laughs> i know you live in san francisco you're involved in more sexual votes than i am uh <laughs> Mine are usually a one-on-one -on -one type of situation where we're just there's not much voting involved. If anybody says if it, I'm usually involved in situations where if anybody says no, it's a no. I didn't. I'm not. A, I'm. You know. I don't have parliamentary well, procedure for, for my yeah. uh, for any part of my sex life. But you're you're you know. Look, I live in I live in the middle of Texas. Okay, you're you're a you're a sacrament. You're a san jose california you know sex fiend so you get to have all kinds of weird experiences that i don't know about oh yeah oh yeah. Um, but yeah so that was i mean that was kind of weird you know kind of weird kind of funny but i you know again i it was it's well done yeah well they, handled they, what, yeah what's funny is they didn't show they show her prepping for the scene, but they never show a scene with her in it. And I feel like that's that was a really yeah. good call. Because that was just like, we just know she did it. Like, we know she followed through because we see what's his name? A fucking RJ or uh, yeah. Owen Campbell running Owen. to his car at the end and be like, no, I'll just he, take all this shit. Not even that. He takes a shower. Oh, we, yeah. He's taking a shower he gets, crying he, his yeah, eyes he, out. He cries in the heat. So, the cameraman who just watched his girlfriend, his formerly timid Record. girlfriend... His girlfriend. He he Her just had to film. He just had to film his formerly timid girlfriend uh, do a pornography scene. <laughs> formerly timid. <laughs> that he wasn't expecting. He he only he asked her to help him run sound, which yeah. you know what, I do feel for him. It, it they they frame it, you know they frame it as like, not, I'm not gonna say women's lib type of thing, but they do frame it as a as an instance of. Of you got to let her do what she's gonna do, like you know, she'll never respect you. You're just being controlling if you don't let her be in this pornography that we're making. And eventually, he eventually RJ, the cameraman, feels like he's boxed into a corner once his once his girlfriend decides that she wants to be. She doesn't want to just hold the boom mic. She wants to be involved. She wants to. She wants to be a star. She wants to have sex on camera too. Uh, because uh, she likes what she sees. Yeah, she's having a good time again. And, and you know that part again. Her motivation that part doesn't bother me at all. Which is like, she she sees Kid Cudi have sex with two women, and she just is into it, and she wants a piece. That makes sense a thousand percent. I totally get it. But but I feel bad for her boyfriend. I feel bad for RJ the cameraman being like, you know, when they're like everybody's making him like damn now you're a prude all of a sudden like you're crazy it, yeah. you know what i mean like it, again i've been in bands forever you're comparing this it, well you know how many times i've i've had a show and i asked my girlfriend to help sell t-shirts at the back t-shirt at the merch table in the back do you imagine what would how I would feel if she was like I stopped selling T-shirts and I started fucking one of the guys in another <laughs> band? It's like yeah, I, I'm selling T-shirts now. I'm I brought you here for a job, bitch. I would have asked you, you know, 
I still need. We still need someone to hold the boom mic. So, you know, I get where RJ's coming from. It's not a feminist issue. Who's gonna hold this goddamn microphone, dude? You not doing their job. You Wayne, like we're gonna teach Britney Snow. We're gonna teach the blonde bimbo bitch how to hold a mic. We can't. So, oh shit! Oh man. Um, so I'm gonna talk about what I did not like about this film. I didn't. All right, like tell it. me what you tell me what you didn't like. I, I'm surprised I, there's I, anything to not like. The only thing I was not fucking cool with was the old people fucking. I was like, why the fuck does this need to happen? Also, I but I loved the moment when the old woman was in bed with, I believe it's Maxine. I thought so, that. Was so, slow down. Wait, say what? Slow, slow down a little bit. What were you saying? I loved the moment where the old woman is in Maxine's bed, just. Going crazy, having a good time, and then she runs away inside the house. It was so fucking funny to see that woman run outside. I thought yeah. it was great. But yeah, yeah. That, that was a very tense scene when Pearl yeah. climbs into bed with Maxine, and Maxine is asleep. She doesn't realize that she doesn't realize that it's not Wayne rubbing her hand across her. Yeah, because you um, can't tell the difference between an old person's hand and a young man's hand. Well, she's. She's asleep. She's fucking rim cycle deep, dude. <laughs> deep. Um, uh, I think you're wrong for not liking the. Well, let me rephrase. Let me. <laughs> I love the old person sex scene. That was the best thing ever. Well, <laughs> why don't you like it? Because you just didn't oh, want to see it, or you thought here. So don't don't tell me you didn't like it because you didn't want to see it. I didn't want to the see only it. reason you wouldn't like it is because you think it doesn't make sense in the context of the story. But it does make sense in the context it, it of does. the story. But the thing is, he could have died is my issue. He has heart issues. Yeah, but yeah, but that was very clearly explained. He he went forward with it despite those risks. That was like that was their that oh, was their metaphorical and literal climax. <laughs> Is is he this to to Howard the old man? He's like he sees like she's at her peak craziness right now. We're in the middle of this. We're in the middle of this wild this hunt. Her and I. Here we go again. We're in the middle of one of these wild adventures that we realize we we as you know viewers watch the course of the movie. We're like, oh, this has happened before. <laughs> They're like, and so we're now like Howard's like, all right, here's another one of those. But he succumbs, and and even though he's worried about his heart, he he, he, he gives her yeah he gives her what she wants, and then then they're a team after that, and they're like all right we're both gonna just kill these kids <laughs> and go back to our happy lives together as elderly whatever, um, and then he his heart his his heart uh, condition. Pays off. That's another Chekhov's gun. We know uh, yeah. early on yeah. he's got a heart condition. Later on, he has a heart attack. All right, Every, <laughs> it, the gun goes off. It does, um, yeah. Oh, it does. You're right. It does, and it yeah, it destroys Pearl. Poor Pearl. Yeah. Was not what, expecting that his, his Chekhov gun of his heart condition heart, is yeah. triggered by another literal Chekhov's gun of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> we see a gun. Early in the action. early in the film, we see a gun and find out he has a heart condition. Later on, that gun goes off and he has a heart attack. That's that's yeah. Bo that's, both of those things pay off. Shit, yeah. Both of yeah. those things pay off perfectly, which I which I loved. Um, yeah. Here's even another the, thing. Even the other gun that goes off when there's supposed to be no ammunition in it. That's another one. No, it doesn't. No, the one that doesn't have ammunition doesn't go off. No, he says at the beginning, I don't even keep it loaded. He the, was, he's no, like, no, no. It's just he, to scare people off. He was lying. No, no, for sure. But the thing is, then it go like it goes off, because we're assuming that it's not loaded. He uses it to kill Kid Cudi. We're, but then he, his wife uses it, and it kills her. Does that count? Okay. I disagree. We're, uh, we're not... We, he, we don't think... That he's, uh, we don't, him. we, don't I, him? no, I think he's lying from the beginning. Oh, I, I did. When he, when he says, when he says it's not loaded, 
I was like, he's lying. And then, and then Wayne, when Wayne said, Wayne says, Oh, I've got the exact same thing. That's, that's the ambiguous part. Is Wayne lying too? Yeah. Or to, to, to make yeah. this guy, to, to try and connect with this guy or is Wayne yeah. telling the truth? But I never occurred to me for one second that, Howard he was, was lying, uh, uh, um, and and it turns out that he wasn't. The shotgun, which Howard's gun, goes off twice and kills two people. Yeah. Um. The second we, we one, find out that Wayne yeah. is a fucking honest ass motherfucker because when his gun gets when his trigger gets pulled, nothing happens because his gun is not almost, loaded. Yeah. He does. He is just keeping it for show. He's. Hollywood. He's show business. He's all yeah. for show. He does not have the bullets in his yeah. in his in his heart of in his chamber. <laughs> he doesn't have the bullets in whatever <laughs> whatever metaphor I'm trying to make right now. He doesn't have it. Yeah. Um, just a couple more things. Uh, like I said, talking about music, I talked about uh, the acoustic landslide. That was cool. Don't fear the reaper was a great music choice. For a lot of reasons, one, don't feel the Reaper's long as fuck, so you only have to choose one song. If you pick, <laughs> if you pick an eight-minute song, it's the only song you need for this whole movie. It's eight minutes, so you just get to use it. So that's that's a very affordable choice. So you know, a salute to the filmmakers. <laughs> and then uh, one question, and then of course it, it's about don't fear the Reaper is about don't be afraid of death, which is obviously the 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 driving force of our antagonist is the driving force of, of Pearl is she's, she doesn't want to get old. She's afraid of death, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. One question I do have, uh, if I, if I could rewatch this film or maybe it wasn't on IMDb when I checked it after I watched it, but maybe it is by now. I want to know if when don't fear the reaper starts as RJ is the cameraman is stealing the van. He's leaving, he's leaving his girlfriend. He's leaving this whole production. Fuck everybody. I'm done with this. Yeah. Don't feel the reapers playing on the radio. He gets out of the car and then he gets murdered, and you can hear it playing in the background. Yeah. And then it comes back up as as Pearl walks closer to the van. The audio is higher as she walks away. The audio goes lower. Yeah. Brilliantly done. Brilliant use of of diegetic music in film. I want to know if if they timed it properly. Oh, with the death. For example, no. For example, if if the starting point when we first hear the song to when we stop hearing the song, I want to know if 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 they if they did a good job of like that's the actual elapsed time because in the movie it takes four minutes for this whole scene to happen, yeah. and I want to know if it's actually four minutes from this oh, part of the movie to, oh, from point. this part of the song to this part of the song, okay. or right, if they just... or if they cut it to keep in the most dramatic parts. Parts of the song, in the um, you know what I mean? Because because right. so as she walk, you know, that's a, always an interesting thing to me. I yeah. love I love when they like work so hard and they time it so perfectly. Yeah, that timing, that, yeah. that this shit, shit you know, links up. Yeah, yeah, that that it it makes sense. I I that love that. I think that's awesome. Um, I do too. Anyway, I talked about the Cubs, the silhouette. Um, all right, here's one thing. Here's a question I have for you. What's up? Uh, so, all the women in this film, a lot of, so, lot of young, lot of young ladies, a lot of BBGs in this film. What does BBGs mean? Baby girls. Oh, that's a horrible fucking acronym. That's a horrible. Who's the Who's the hottest one? Oh, I think Jenna Ortega. Okay. Yeah. You know what? You know what's funny? You're not at home right now. You don't have You don't have your girlfriend in the other room to oh. hear you. So you're Oops. answering these questions. I figured yeah, you were gonna. I even have. I have written in my notes. Ask Steve who's the hottest, and then get mad at him if he refuses to answer. Uh, well, I would answer that easily. I don't even. No, you wouldn't. I've, I would. seen, I've seen you duck that question. We have it on. We have it on. <laughs> I'm cutting in right now to another episode of Let's Get Trash, where Steve won't answer that question because his girlfriend's in the room with him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who who do you think was? I, I I mean they're all very attractive women. Like I'm not gonna lie, but I think Pearl obviously yeah. hands now getting it. Out. Damn it! Now you just fucked it. That was my joke. I was gonna also do that. I was gonna be uh, like was so much better. Over Pearl. You so yeah, much. no, you're fine. Uh, honestly, dude, 
I mean, yeah, Jen Ortega is Jen Ortega, but I have to say Jen Ortega is too. Mia Goth, Maxine was fire. I yeah. mean, wildly. I understand. <laughs> I also want to steal her youth, <laughs> like like a weird succubus demon. I, yeah, I mean, she was just. It was yeah. Mia Goth was awesome. She was so hot. <laughs> Jen Ortega was definitely a number two though. Uh, but I don't, you know, part of that was her being like the timid one. Yeah, that, you know? it's kind of fucked up. Brittany, because because Brittany Brittany Snow is the is the is the obvious answer of she's the hot blonde. She's yeah. like the go for it. She's the wild chick. Yeah, and that's like the obvious answer. But uh, I don't know. Me, I mean, Mia Goth and Jenna Ortega were fucking. Fine. Fine. I thought, like, I honestly thought Jenna Ortega was gonna be the main character of the movie. Really? Yeah, because the opening, I think the opening scene was like, what? Did the, what like, I think she's talking to uh, Wayne, and there's an interaction between them, oh. and I was like, oh, is she the main character? And then I didn't realize that the poster was actually Mia Goth. I was really confused. Interesting. Yeah, for the no, first... Jenna Ortega was sitting in the back of the van, like not speaking. That was. Oh shit! You're right. That's Fuck, yeah. Never. They even that mentioned that. Like, yeah, it was Maxine. Was yeah, my that was Maxine. Was, was sitting in the front seat with her boyfriend Wayne. Oh, my um, my my okay, we're we're running long. Uh, one other thing, a couple other things I want to mention. Um, the, they reference they very cleverly reference Psycho. Okay, uh, after I've never seen that Psycho. film. Okay, so it has a uh, just like this film, and I I, I want to see the numbers on it, but like just like this film, it has a plot change where the first half is setting something up and then the second half is when it goes haywire and they reference that in this movie and it mm -hmm. also happens in this movie and it might happen at that exact same like moment i don't know i i, I have to oh, well. I, do some research yeah well yeah exactly i have to do some research but that was really great um uh <laughs> i have one more one more joke that i thought of which is uh uh all right, for the for the women's self-esteem movement, I'm saying officially mission accomplished because we're we're no more we're no more we're not raising women's self-esteem anymore uh, because when they get too full of themselves, they become psycho killers like old lady Pearl. Okay, uh, that would have <laughs> made more sense if it was organically done instead of me reading it off my notes list. I type all my notes when I leave my movie theater. I type all my notes in my Subaru in the parking lot. <laughs> you could just say, "Car, where do you have to go with Subaru?" God damn. Um, oh, why does that matter? Anyway, <laughs> she killed. She, you know, she had such. You know, that's the thing is she couldn't handle not being like, be you know, not being told she was beautiful all the time. Yeah, it's a really interesting. I mean, it's a super fascinating villain. Uh, yeah. Her, you know, Pearl's great, which is, of course, it's fascinating. They're making a sequel titled Pearl, where we get yeah. to see we get to see her younger. Although I don't know, is that going to be good? I don't know. Man. If it's the same director, I'm assuming it's going to be entertaining. But I don't this, know if it's going to. This movie's great, but the but the whole point of that Pearl is an old lady who's bitter. She's bitter about not oh, having her looks, not having her youth anymore. All these kind of shallow stuff and she resorts to murder because of it multiple times we we see throughout the course of the movie that her and her husband have killed people before for the same reason and oh yeah hey dude oh yeah i have a question who was on, the we'll, guy in the big oh yeah. give me well just give me a second before we before we talk about what i think you're going to talk about um so the idea is that Pearl's bitter about her about being old, and she's takes she's taking it out on any young person that crosses her path. I love that, and I think that's such a weird but interesting and and possible or valid like motivation for this character. They're now making a Pearl prequel, also starring Mia Goth, who played Pearl and Maxine. Now we get to see Pearl as a younger woman, but. If we see Pearl as a young woman in the prime of her life doing psycho shit and killing people, does that – doesn't that take away from everything we just saw in this movie X? 
Yeah, because why would she be killing? What was her? What would be her motive? Well, it stops being like it. It's it stops being that her motivation is that she's old and jealous of youth. Yeah. Yeah. Her motivation will become, oh, she's just a psycho killer and always has been. Yeah. She or killed a bunch. She, she killed a bunch of people when she was twenty five. Yeah. She killed people when she was twenty five. She killed people when she was thirty. And now in X, you know that was the prequel. Now in the main film X, when she's ninety five, she killed somebody, and now she's a hundred and she's killing more people. So she's just been a. She kills him. She kills every five years for her entire life, as far as we can tell. Yeah. That's less compelling to me. That um, that's less compelling to me than this old woman who's so torn down by her what she misses about her youth that it kind of drives her crazy and she starts being murderous so i i don't think they should make this movie pearl this prequel because i i don't think they can i don't think they can improve on what we have they can only make it worse yeah i don't think i don't think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be like machete too you know i don't think it's gonna be like a a great film you know what i'm saying like it's just gonna be a filler yeah machete (laughs) too of course what a great example of uh what a great filmography you have to draw from dude okay what other movie would you compare it to where the like you know where like they tried where the prequels fucked everything up i don't know have you ever heard of a film franchise (laughs) called star wars oh i thought we weren't talking about those fucking films right now because we're trying to stay out of it because someone was like you brought up sony fucker um but either way i just think that maybe you know oh wait, wait so my question is okay, yeah. to fucking backtrack because i am curious about who was the guy in the basement to begin with that was so that that was that was a previous, previous so, person yeah that was a previous oh, person that was the, i just wanted to know who that was we don't. We don't know. the The whole point oh, is that cool. who like we also don't know whose Volkswagen was in the wa- was in the lake. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, but yeah. that's the that's so guy in the basement might have been Volkswagen Lake Volkswagen, yeah. or something else. Who or or, or, or oh. either way, it could have been a completely. They might yeah. have done this ten times. Maybe Volkswagen was the only time they did it. We don't know. Yeah, but yeah. either either way, the the point of that was that they've done this before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. um, another question another mm-hmm. question this is i feel like this is going to be a little bit more important because of the story uh the whole time we're seeing uh maxine's character she keeps on repeating i believe i forget the lines are but she's like you deserve more you're worth she's, more i will not i will not settle for a life i don't deserve and this i, I like how they tied that in with the fucking uh, i believe the preacher the tele avenger I can't say that word. Televangelist. Okay, I'm not going to be able to say that, so I'll just stop right there. But I said it so slow and clearly. You... Okay, that's not... Oi, fucker. <laughs> Televangelist. Now you have to say it. Televangelist. There we Tell-evangelist. go. Oh, we got it, we got it. Okay. That motherfucker, that that guy, Simon Prast, I believe his name is, is the father of Maxine. Yes. And the way it ties in is... That's the he big. That, that's the big spoiler at the end. After all these other the crazy big, things, that's the yeah. main spoiler. That that was the craziest thing to me because I was like, oh shit! And like the reason that Pearl is so obsessed with Maxine is because she knows that it's the preacher's daughter. No, or that's whatever. not right. Wait, why then? That has nothing to do with it. No, I thought that exactly had everything to do with it because no, she was like, you're the that's, one. That's completely. Are you sure? A thousand percent. Yeah. Dude, I swear to God, that's the only reason he, she doesn't kill, or she doesn't, uh, she wants to sleep with Maxine. No. No? That has nothing to do with it. So it's it's a, the coincidence, the coincidence is that the gas station attendant has the TV on in the background, and it's playing the church channel, wherein yeah. uh, some preacher, some righteous gemstones motherfucker is, <laughs> is. Are you watching that? Yeah. I haven't seen season two yet, but I'm I'm I love that I love season fucking one. Fucking love that show, man. It's very funny. Yes. Um, so one of those one of those Joel Osteen type guys, but not as successful <laughs> as that. Less successful than Joel Osteen. Either way, well, uh, some, some some kind of some kind of televangelist. Honestly, since it's Texas and everything, it's more, uh, it's 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 more True Detective vibes. Remember, yeah. they they go to the they go to that. Uh, Tent Church in True Detective season one, it's like yeah. that. Um, anyway, he's talking about 
you know, in the beginning of the movie, as, as they stop at the gas station, the attendant has it on the background. The preacher's the preacher's talking about uh, uh, sex. Our, and yeah, our descent into sin and how how good Christians are lured away by sex and sinful behavior. Then, when they first get to the to the farmhouse, that same program is playing on the TV. And it, we get a little bit more of it. it. It lures us away from our families, from our churches, and everything else. And then uh, he says that line, you know, do not settle for a life you don't deserve, which is not a very Christian line, but they just did that for a semantic thing, but that's not from the Bible. There's no part of the Bible that says don't settle for a life you don't deserve. The Bible explicitly says, as a guy who read the Bible a lot when he was a kid, the Bible explicitly says... You don't deserve any of it. Just take whatever you get, and the whole point is what you deserve comes in the afterlife. Uh, there's nothing. Don't worry about what you get on Earth. That's not the. That's not. Yeah, you get your riches in the end. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, exactly. You get your riches in the end. Uh, that's where you get what you deserve. Uh, you know, turn the other cheek on Earth. You don't deserve to get slapped twice, but if you get slapped once, turn the other cheek and take it a second time. That's that's what you deserve on Earth. Um, Anyway, either way, but that doesn't work for this film. <laughs> so so they changed it. They changed it to don't settle for what you don't deserve. And then uh, Mia Goth, at the very end, as she's fighting back and killing Pearl and uh, Howard, Mia Goth is saying, uh, I won't settle for what I deserve. For I won't settle for a life I don't deserve. She's And then she walks out. The camera pans over to the TV show, and we're still seeing the preacher talking about it. And he repeats that same line she just said. Yeah. And then he starts telling a story about how his young daughter was lured away from his family and from her life of faith. And now she's involved in sexual promiscuous activities. And it's a picture of clearly very young. It's a picture of Mia Goth. That's the big reveal at the end is like, oh, shit, this background, this is a genius. This Again, that's another Chekhov's gun that pays off. We see yeah. a preacher at the beginning, and then this story, it's not just some background thing. It's background three times in this movie. Yeah. But at the very end, it becomes our foreground, and we, and we see, oh, she's the daughter of this preacher that's just been on in the back of the screen, in the back of the convenience store at the back of the house whatever um so it doesn't really pertain to anything that like happens but it just informs us of of maxine's character which again brilliant it's so well done yeah yeah man really good storytelling and fucking the flow of it really fucking good yeah so anyway eight out of ten for me eight eight out of ten man you got that, a, that's a that's a yeah. solid fucking. That's a solid number. I you give it. To, a, I, I give it a higher number, but I can't. So, yeah. You have to adjust your your thing, because you, you're you don't like to go below five. Is your problem? No, I love going below five. No, you it's don't. A garbage no, you don't. Fucking film. Don't tell me that. Well, well, I, I, Uncharted was a three, I think, or four. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. That should have been a one. I mean, that's <laughs> the the problem is the problem is. You, you you've got too many things crowded. Yeah, they're, all, they're all up there. Yeah, you've got too many. I, this this shouldn't be an if. Um, if Ghostbusters is a seven, yeah, this, is this shouldn't be an eight. This is not one better than Ghostbusters. That that's my problem with it. No, no but it's you should have. So you either should have. It's a different genre. Doesn't matter. Then, then, then you need to f abandon this one to ten system that you love because you're fucking it up. You're ruining the credibility of this podcast. Hey, this is my grading system. You can say yes or no. There's, I'm sticking with what I do. You can say what you feel, how you feel about the film, and if you feel watch that, it. I, that's why I'm saying yes. But that's the point is, do you? There shouldn't be a system wherein this is only one point better. Than Ghostbusters Afterlife or One Point. Well, and okay, so this is, like this is horror for me. So in the best horror film to me, there's two of them. Okay, it's Drag Me to Hell and The Witch. Those two movies I fucking love. So those are tens. Those are tens to me. Those are perfect movies. 
what do you do you consider because uh, I haven't seen either of those. So oh my god, I'll, fucking dude. I'll have to add that watch to my list. Things. I will. Yes. I'll watch them. I'm watching all kinds of shit. I'm three quarters of the way through uh, Drive My Car right now. I'm watching it in 15 minute intervals. <laughs> it's very good, but it's a tough watch. I don't want to. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I can't. We can't go off on that right now. Um, I'll watch both of those. Let me ask yeah. you where do you put The Shining? That's a. That's like a nine. That's a nine. That's, oh, no. Fuck. That's a 10, man. That's a 10. Okay. That's a fucking, that's fucking a 10. amazing. Yeah. Um, what else? Okay, so I, there's, there's, all right, that's a 10. But again, I, would, that's... I would say, so I'm not a huge horror fan or, or thriller slasher fan, whatever we're going to call yeah. this whole genre. I'm going to, I call this whole genre horror, even though some people that are more nuanced than myself might not. Yeah. I'm going to give X, I give, I give The Shining a 10. I think it's incredible. I think it's, I don't think it yeah. could be improved upon. I'm going to give X a 10. Huh? If okay. I that that's I, I don't even like to do this number thing, but <laughs> my I'm just doing that to illustrate that I think they're I think this is I think X is as good as The Shining. I think you should watch this film. Yeah, well, uh, for sure, hundred percent watch this I've film. I've told it's every fun. single person I've met, you have to go see X. Yeah, I recommend I it highly. Yeah, same. All right. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for watching a very long episode of Let's Get Trashed. I might go through and do some edits and cut some stuff out. I don't know Please if it drags. Sure. It Steve's, might a bit, Steve's high. I've been drinking a little bit. I went to go see. Uh, I went to go see a couple shows tonight, and we're doing a Let's Get Trashed After Dark episode. So, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I might wake up and watch this in the morning and be like, "This is completely uh, unintelligible," <laughs> but I don't think so. I think I'm pretty fucking. I think I'm pretty charismatic. So, <laughs> God damn, you're such a prick. Who the fuck says that? I think I'm pretty charismatic. Oh, my God. Follow at Nick Tazo Drums on Instagram. Follow at Step on Hen on Instagram. Uh, follow our show. Please follow our show account, which is uh, Let's Get Trashed Pod, also on Instagram. We're posting clips there, um, what I think are the funniest clips of our episodes as we as we put them out. Um, follow us on Letterboxd uh, at Let, uh, uh, Let's Get Trashed on Letterboxd. Um, every time we put out an episode, I do a review and I update it with all our what we what we kind of talk about a little bit. I'm not doing a good job of uh, writing that much because I'm getting lazy. But that's fair. That's, yeah. I don't think anyone needs to know. Like if they're watching the podcast again and get the fucking information. From yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna transcribe the podcast and put it on our Letterboxd account. But <laughs> I'm gonna like do some a stuff. Thousand word fucking description. Yeah. Let's go. Each, each one has yeah exactly. Each one has a forty five page dissertation <laughs> to like map out a sixty minute podcast. I wouldn't even mad. I would just be impressed that you spent that much time fucking transcribing this shit and then yeah. implementing it into the hundred and forty three characters. Yeah, working that, that hard for something that benefits you not at all. That is exactly the kind of thing I would do and I'm trying not to. So uh anyway, thank you so much for listening. go watch X. Uh the more money this makes, the more they're gonna make more movies like this. They're gonna make pearls, so, so I can't wait. Yeah, so go watch these kinds of movies. Um, yeah. because it, it'll easily be these movies go extinct and you just have to watch fucking Jared Leto and Morbius 2 every year for the rest of your goddamn life. So go watch good movies. All right. Bye, everybody. Peace.